0: Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fisher of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome to episode number 19 of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And Joe and I today have lined up a wonderful interview for you with the wonderful Joanne Manville. Now I know I say everybody's wonderful, but that's because genuinely I'm finding everybody wonderful. And uh, marvellous, wonderful, one and only, everybody is unique and Joanne's no exception. And we're going to talk to Joanne about her business journey a little bit later on. And one of the things that um, Joanne shares with us is how she tracks her lead generation. And she's actually blogged about it afterwards and you'll find a link to that in her blog, and that will all be on the podcast page. So, talking about lead generation, Joe, Joe, yep. because we've got lots of Joes. Um, Joe, what kind of things do you do to generate leads at the moment? Putting you on the spot there. No, yeah, it's fine. Um,
1: a, a lot of leads come through networking. Um, I have referrals, and I do do. I'm a bit hit and miss with the social media and that sort of thing. Um, but I do track it quite carefully. So I know what works and, and what doesn't work. Um, for me, that my biggest source of work is referrals. Yeah. And do you track back where your referrals come from? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I know which client has come from which referral and from which referral source? Because some of it could be a person referring, some of it could be a contact of a contact
0: and some of it could be a direct. Yeah, I have referrals going back to when I first started networking and when I sold the company last year. um, If I was to sit down and look at some of the clients that I think came from nowhere If I was to really analyse it out, I could probably track most of it back to a handful of people who would have been the original source of those referrals. Yeah. Because they would have referred me to somebody who would have referred me on to somebody else. Yeah. um, And that's a real great thing to know. So talking about the type of people that refer business, because I think this is an important thing. And I think VA is, this is something listeners that you might want to think about. Um, I discovered, or I, I didn't discover it. I thought it through actually. And I started to think about who are the types of business that would have access to my clients. So where do my referral people hang out where do my clients what have we got in common mm-hmm. and this kind of surface at bni you would have something called a power circle so they would be allied businesses so you'd have the plumber the decorator the electrician the builder would all be a power circle and because they naturally you know you'd have the electrician in and you say do you know a decorator so i started to think about who were referral partners for me. And I realized, because I'm an IT trainer, that IT support companies would be good referral sources for me. So I started to cultivate relationships with IT support companies. And in fact, if I talked about last week, um, going to the Academy Network, I made two very valuable relationships via that with two different support companies both of whom led on to many clients down the line. And as a VA, if you're offering specific services, you need to think, I think, about where do the referral partners hang out? What kind of of businesses refer business to you, Jo? Do you know, it's
1: quite, quite mixed. Um, I've had referrals from trainers. I've had referrals from business coaches Um, I had a referral from my hairdresser (laughs) Um, You know And and we just got chatting over a period of time As you do while you're kind of sat under the dryer job And um, all of a sudden She said to me Oh do you know I had a lady in here yesterday Who needed a bit of help And I said that you could help her So she's given me this And could you ring her And da 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 and and that's how it goes it it's quite broad and varied um and the wider your network grows the broader the source of your um referrals becomes and you know the, the different activities that you engage in so for instance i i had a referral going back a few years now um somebody who was running on the treadmill next to me he sort of said oh I'm glad I've caught you after I may run I'll have a chat you know and we had coffee and and he said I I work corporate but I've got somebody I know and and that's how it goes so
0: it's very wide and varied really yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and I think that's an important thing as well but I do think you know thinking about if you are Targeting a specific type of business that you want to work with. I don't know, maybe you want to work with healthcare providers or yep. maybe you want to work with nutritionists. Uh, it's thinking about where do the people that the nutritionists need hang out as well. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, where do their clients yeah. hang out? Do their clients, I don't know, whatever. But the, the idea of finding a, a bit of somebody that's a good referral partner um, is good. And I think VAs can be great referral partners for each other, can't they? Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you a,
1: an example of the, the kind of thing that um, I've, I've seen other people do. I have a connection in my network who is a social media strategist. She doesn't actually do the doing, but she writes the plans and that sort of thing. And she made a decision that she wanted to work with health and wellbeing organisations So she targeted building relationships with some of the organizations that manage, um, let's say nutritionists or um, personal trainers and and those sorts of things. So by working directly with the, if you like, the managing agents as it were, um, she was then able to build a relationship. She became a recognized and um, referral partner them instead of them delivering that piece of training or strategy
0: so Mm -hmm. that is one way that you can build your referral um process yeah yeah and i was thinking about More widely, that as a VA you don't have all of the skills. Well, you may have all of the skills, but you don't have enough time to do all of the jobs. And we've talked we've talked a lot about the fact that there are jobs that we don't like doing that we want to outsource. So it's great maybe to have a referral arrangement with another VA perhaps who has complementary skills. So and the the I the way I would see it is that there's the associate route or the referral route, and you could choose to just refer business to each other or yep. you could choose to work on an associate rate with each other and yep. and i think that's another great way of, of uh, building your portfolio and your skills as well because you get to do different things yeah so i think it's time to go and grab our interview with joanne manville because it's a corker Welcome listeners to episode 19 of Virtually Amazing the podcast and today we've got the brilliant Joanne Manville as our guest expert and thank you so much for coming on the podcast Jo.
2: You're extremely welcome. I'm really grateful that you've invited
0: me along. Thank you. Yeah. So we we want to give our listeners a taste of what it's like to win awards because I know you've won an award or two Uh, and also really to give VAs who maybe are just starting out and even those who are more advanced along their journey for want of a better word I don't know what you what word you can use instead of journey I've been thinking about that if you've got one tell me (laughs) and uh, so so people who have started their business and gone on in business when you're thinking about setting up your VA business do you I know that you run a team Um, did you think about that from the outset did it kind of creep up on you How, how did that all come and how did you even become a VA what made you become a VA
2: Okay, so um, becoming a VA, it was an interesting thing. I was uh, an executive PA in the ambulance service for over eight years, and I was actually a member of the Exeter PA network uh, run by the wonderful Kim Glover. And um, during one of the uh, sessions that they had, who had workshops every quarter, um, Kim actually hosted the VA awards for the Southwest, and the lovely Rachel Guyatt um, won one of those and um, her client Judy Salmon came along and and spoke uh, about what having a VA is like and how great Rachel was and there was a little bit in the back of my mind that was like what's this VA thing you know Um, and several people where I'd worked had said to me "Um, you could go and be a PA for other people but didn't actually know there was a name for it Um, and again that seed was sort of there but I never really did a lot about it and after Eight years in the ambulance service, there was a a final straw that I was just like, okay, I need a bit of a change, this is um, too much. I I, I was chief exec PA, PA to the chairman, secretary to the board, I ran a team of PAs, uh, the annual awards, um, managed the receptionist and the apprentice, and it was a a huge, huge job. Um, And I, I just wanted more variety, really. It sounds ridiculous when that's such a big job, but I actually wanted something a bit different. Um, And I thought, well, do I want to leave being a PA? Do I want to do something completely different or is it the company? Do I need a change of company? So I actually left and went to work for a a private company rather than public sector um, as the PA to the MD. Um, You know, brought in a lot of changes there, made a lot of suggestions, which was really well taken on board, but it just wasn't clicking. So um, after six months, I was like, right, this is it. Mm -hmm. Um, I got married in the May um, and left in the August, Um, my husband was really really supportive which I think is hugely important when you're going self-employed to have a partner that's behind you Um, and I took the jump and actually had um, a month or so or six weeks without any work while I was setting up um, and, and sort of launched in October 2015.
0: Oh wow that's um,
2: amazing so yeah it's just it's just wanting the variety I'm, I'm just wanting more. I think when you're already working at an executive level, there isn't any further to go, you know um. And I just, yeah, I just wanted more of a challenge. And and you certainly get that running your own business, don't you?
0: You (laughs) definitely do. You definitely do. I remember when I left working in a training company to go freelance, just wanting to be my own boss, to choose which projects I took, to choose Mm. what I did, how many days I would work, or if I wanted a day off to be able to say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not free today. Mm. So I totally get that. It's it's, a totally totally get that so so you set up so you say it took you took you six weeks to get yourself all yeah. organized. what did you do in that six weeks
2: um so reading 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 networking 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 <laughs> literally if there was an envelope to be opened I was there um and just you know doing online courses um I decided to set up my website myself which in hindsight I probably wouldn't do again um but um, I think you know everybody is that difficult chicken and egg thing in the early stages you haven't got the money to invest to do stuff yeah but actually in hindsight I'd have found the money and not spent so much time on areas that I probably didn't need to be doing myself and that's a, a learning thing isn't it yeah. um, But, but you, don't, mentioned...
0: don't you find also um, part of that is that at least you know when you're asking somebody else what to do you know what you're asking them to do so it's so the next time you do a website you know what you want
2: yeah well, I, I certainly wouldn't do a website again <laughs> i do I, i'm quite happy to do updates for clients and and i think having built my own website originally um you know i know how to do put put a blog on and edit bits and pieces but i, well, I would certainly not touch building a website at all that i think you need you need to be experienced to know what you're doing it's too, yeah. I'm too right. big a thing to to take a risk on yeah. um but you mentioned about building a team there Shelley um, yeah. you know my it, my early intentions were never to build a team um i'd I'd run a team of p a s um i just want it was just gonna be me um I was just gonna do enough hours to fill the day um but but once you start working, you realize that not every hour is billable yeah. um and I target at the moment four hours billable a day um, because the rest is, you know, working on the business, answering stuff that can't be billed, um, you know, networking and all of those sort of things. And I think when you realise that, and if you do want to be earning more than you you can under that, you know, yeah. prescription, then there isn't a lot of choice. Um, but the reason I actually got associates was that my clients were asking for it. Um, clients were saying, "Oh, can you do this?" and I'd be like well I can but don't really float my boat you know (laughs) or you know can you do that well I don't really have the expertise for it so I brought in first a general VA that could help with more general stuff and then as time has gone on um, I've recruited specific skills Um, so my first ones were social media and marketing Um, I've now got website um you know people that are amazing at spreadsheets or events or travel and, and, and brought them in as clients have needed it really
0: yeah
2: um, and it works really really well
0: that's really cool so the outsource person outsources
2: which absolutely. is brilliant yeah you absolutely know. you have to practice what you preach
0: exactly <laughs> have you got any questions for Joanne um, yeah um yeah
1: it's uh, it's really interesting actually because I remember when you started up and um I'd been around for a, a little while by then and um I I see I didn't see any of that six weeks but I remember you kind of came on board and I, I remember thinking at the time you looked really focused in terms of your look and everything like that did oh. you sort of get any help with branding and get that you know that setup image yeah uh, and that not
2: in, not in the early days, Joe. Um, so in the early days, my, my branding um, came from an idea for myself. I was on a girl's holiday and I said to the girls, I need a, a logo. Um, and my friend's a brilliant uh, artist. So one evening I'd gone to bed and when I woke up in the morning, she'd drawn the logo. Um, <laughs> and I got it done up on Fiverr and that was my logo for a couple of years. But, um as I sort of developed the business and as the business grew and I was clearer about who my ideal client was and all, all of that important stuff, um, I actually rebranded uh, a couple of years later.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and I got in uh, a branding specialist, Jonathan Alder, who's just amazing. Um, he worked with me in really detailed questionnaires, pulling out who my ideal client was, who I was targeting, and understanding me in the business, and then came up with some concepts for me. Um, and I've worked really hard um, sort of since then to, to get that consistency across. Yeah. Um, I worked with Amanda Johnson as a business coach and she was really amazing in helping me pull out um, and get that consistency across in a, in a lot of areas that were lacking, actually. Um, and it, I think it is really, really important. And hopefully my brand is quite recognisable
0: now. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, that's really good. I, when I had my, uh, before I had tomorrow's VA, I had a face-to-face training company, which I sold just over a year ago. And, um, I went through a whole branding exercise for that with, uh, Ruthie Edwards, um, mojo. I think her brand was, she was the mojo lady, got my mojo. And uh, yeah, so, so we did a whole exercise similar to, to what you're describing. And that's actually how, by the end of it, I had a brief that I could give a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came up with um, what was then the IT training surgery colors and logo yeah. and everything.
2: It's really important, actually, because my yeah. first, what's interesting is my first logo was red. Uh, red green and yellow and um, I deliberately chose it to red because I'd done one of these personality profile things and if anybody's done the colour one I came out as a red which is assertive Um, and decided that that was my logo so I was gonna it was gonna be red Um, but actually it's not about who I am it's about who the client is (laughs) Um, hence the the revised logo is, is orange which is a lot softer (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but we we all learn these things because i remember when i started out very similarly um i had this overnight whim that i was going to do this i wasn't even as planned as you were uh, i just had this overnight thing i was going to do it um i went online to one of these sort of free do-it-yourself jobbies and it took about 10 minutes and I had the scruffiest logo but I thought that'll do chuck it on a business card and off I went (laughs) um and and you just do I I bootstrapped you know I significantly bootstrapped my way through the first few months but um I I totally get that totally it's a a
2: huge huge learning curve in the beginning and I think if you don't you know signed up for one of the you know VA trainers courses yeah. and, you, and you don't have that support and to accelerate and do things in the right order and um, yeah. then you, as you say it is a little bit of working your way along in the dark as, as you go and <laughs> learning from your mistakes rather than learning from somebody else's mistakes
0: <laughs> yeah that's often the case though isn't it yeah they start a business and they don't really know what that means what the business bit means yeah um, like you say about you aim for how many billable hours you aim because the rest is lost time it's yeah. not lost that you twiddling your thumbs it's just time you can't charge mm. anyone for oh, there's yeah. some
2: procrastinating time in there Don't, I'm,
0: I'm... <laughs> yeah. I used to teach Microsoft bill for that. <laughs> I used to teach Microsoft projects and when you allocate resources on a project you never allocate them at hundred percent because yeah. they're never available hundred percent yeah so you know you you allocate them at seventy to eighty five percent because they go to the loo, they answer the phone, they go out for used to go out for a smoke, um, all of those things you never allocate any and nobody's available one hundred percent all day long eight hours a day. To <laughs> it's if you're um
1: if you're a three six five user, you can get a little report about what you've been doing, really, and then there's another one called rescue time. That's great. If you want to know just how much time you've wasted on Facebook (laughs) or procrastination, there's a section called other. And I just refer to that as procrastination because God knows what goes on in that window. Um, But it's great. It it does help to focus your mind, though, sort of all joking aside about how many hours you've worked and earned Mm. and how many hours you've done you know i mean social media is part of our businesses whether it's scheduling th- this app can't tell the difference with yeah. that but yeah you're yeah. right it's interesting it
2: yeah. is yeah a, a colleague a uh, fellow va um i had a conversation with the other day rachel rachel Guyatt, don't know if you know rachel um she won um so the southwest va award in the, the first time yeah. i heard about vas and we're running together the southwest va collaboration at the moment Supporting VAs in the Southwest, and she said to me the other day, she actually said to me, "How many billable hours have you done today?" Then, so I actually had a look at my timer and was mortified because I'd done about an hour, (laughs) and I was like, "I'm absolutely exhausted. What the heck have I been doing the rest of this time?" Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think I think a lot of our time gets sucked when we talk about social media, Joe. Mm. Um, I don't use Facebook personally anymore, hardly at all. I, Mm. I use it mainly to be in groups. To be talking to VAs, to be sharing what I'm doing on my pages and what have you. And the same goes for, I mean, LinkedIn's not a personal network anyway, but I'm on LinkedIn a lot as well. And I think um, you could say that that's procrastination, but it's all marketing. You know, okay. that's how i decided it's all marketing because I'm yeah. showing up and it's, it's letting people know that I'm, hello, I'm still here.
2: Yeah, I'm the same. I don't use Facebook for uh, personal really anymore. And if it wasn't for the fact that the VA groups are all mainly in Facebook, I probably wouldn't use it at all. I've even now paused my business page. It's still there, but it's not uh, doing anything um, because my ideal client just isn't on Facebook. So yeah LinkedIn is where I spend my life <laughs>
0: yeah. when you know it, it's, it's what you have to do yeah So yeah so so tell us about these awards that you've won <laughs> what made you go in for the first one and did somebody prompt you to do it and, and what did you get out of it and then we did you get hooked that you have to go thought <laughs> <laughs> I just kept doing it <laughs> yeah I think that's it I mean I'm not I don't, like I said earlier,
2: you know, I'm not hugely comfortable doing video. I'm a, I wasn't actually hugely comfortable doing networking in the early days. And it's, it's just something that you you have to get over. You need to promote yourself. Um, applying for the awards wasn't comfortable either because it's no. other people don't nominate you. You fill it in yourself. Um, and writing about yourself is, is not a comfortable experience. But actually, I, I don't remember why I applied or how it happened with the first one. Um, because I won that one in 2016. So I hadn't, it was the runner-up newcomer award. So I hadn't been a VA for very long. Um, So yeah, I I can't remember why I applied for it, but I obviously did. Um, And uh, the following year went for the the Southwest because I wasn't, I'd been in business too long to actually apply for newcomer again. Um, So went for Southwest and, and won that for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's probably a bit of an addiction. (laughs) I like entering things. I've always liked filling in forms. I'm a bit weird like that. (laughs) Um, and actually the, the experience of filling in those forms is really good. Um, it really makes you think about what you're doing. It makes you reflect on what you've achieved and, um, You've, you've you've done a lot more than you think you've done in the last 12 months to be honest yeah um, so it was really good to do that and then yeah it came a bit of an addiction um, so I got England after that one and then UK outstanding for the last two years yeah uh, but I have said enough's enough now um, <laughs> and uh, yeah I'll, I'll be happy to hand over um, to somebody else next <laughs> uh,
1: has, there, has there been a benefit to your yes. business with, with having won an award
2: um, I think it's really good for PR. Um, I think it adds an extra layer of confidence for people. Um, I wouldn't say I've specifically had X number of clients because of the awards, yeah. but when people are looking to get evidence of, you know, whether you're any good, they'll look at your testimonials. They'll speak to people that you know. You know, they'll they'll see you networking, see your social media, and I think the fact that you've got awards is is just yeah. another layer uh, yeah. to give them confidence. Um, at the end of the day you've still gotta deliver on it. Um, you can be incredible at filling in a form, yeah. um, and not deliver on it. Um, yeah. you know, the judges will, you know, they do look at the social media and they do see what you're doing, but there's you know, there's only so much that they can see through that. So, you know, you do have to actually be delivering as well, obviously when it comes to clients and uh, fortunately um i've got happy clients how
0: many how many hours on a typical day would you work let's say you're doing your full four to five billable hours what what would your working day be like outside of lockdown let's forget forget normal normal um well i normally come
2: into the office at nine um I start off by checking firstly my email accounts, but then all of the, I've got quite a few clients who I have an email account with their business. So that's the first thing I do for the first hour is check into all those accounts and see if there's anything urgent that's come up. Um, Where I've got retainer clients, I plan all that time in my diary. Um, So if nothing specific has come up and it's just answering the few inquiries that have come in, I do that there and then. Um, but if there's something a bit more chunky they need doing, then I plan that in the diary.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and for retainer clients, where I'm, you know, committing to do some br- so many hours a month, that's planned out in advance as well. So once I've done that hour of checking in, I then sort of move into the planned day. Um, I do plan lunch breaks and drink breaks as well, but I'm dreadful yeah. at taking those. No,
1: <laughs> they,
2: I, I they just get moved. <laughs> And deleted which is really awful um and then yeah towards after lunch uh, another slot for checking those email accounts again and just seeing if there's anything that needs reacting on and it tends to be really works quite well like that
0: yeah i think um, it's, it's good to have that structure yeah
2: yeah and i've got if i've got a retainer client we like to have a weekly call with them as well so that's scheduled in on the same day and the same time every every week um, so that's sort of a, a set fixture in the diary as well to to work around, and that works really well
0: yeah they, yeah that that's really sounds like a good way of working. What do you do, Joe? Do you have a similar setup? I, um I time block
1: um I don't do email um I do my own email debatably very well. I don't do diary management very well at all i, I well. No, that's not strictly true. I manage my own diary. I manage my children's diary. I have vague visibility of my husband's diary. That is as much as I could cope with. The thought of being hired as a diary manager just fills me with deep dread. But I, I, I time block. But your, um, your
2: work's very projecty, isn't it?
1: it isn't it's it? very projecty. It's very techy. It's very process oriented. Um, and for my sins, I do a lot of GDPR type stuff. So helping people with policies, practices. And, and that doesn't necessarily lend itself to diary management. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which I just don't enjoy. But I think that's the beauty of this industry. Because yeah. if somebody wants a diary manager, I know a lot of diary managers who just love it. Um, so I, I block once a month, I block out... Um, A whole day. And that is for my business. I do a month review. I look at my sales. I look at my expenses. um, I look at my marketing such as it is because I'm pretty rubbish at that. Must do better. And and anything else that comes up within that month, you know, and that's, that's the time where I sit there and think, do you know what, you haven't done too badly this month, or, you know, you really need to pull your socks up kind of conversation with Mm -hmm. myself. Um, On a day to day basis, I've got chunks of time blocked out per client. So I know that I'm doing this and that doesn't always work, you know, particularly of this last lockdown, I've I've been working at five in the morning instead of nine in the morning, but that's my time of day. Don't ask me to work at nine at night because I don't, but that means I can get detailed stuff Mm -hmm. done then and it's done before the kids get up. Um, and and then it's just blocking chunks per client. Yeah. Send out newsletter, update this blog, load that, you know, all of those kinds of things. That's just how it works for me. Mm. Um, I find it easy to schedule and I also this is my only ever diary tip that I give anybody colour coding with categories in Microsoft because that means that I can instantly see what roughly I've got that can be moved or can't be if I'm juggling.
2: I'm exactly the same I I use Gmail um, and colour code personal stuff and stuff where I'm not in the office or a phone call and Yeah. it's easier to see as you say what's movable and what's not
0: yeah, yeah. color coding is it's fabulous yeah yeah so oh no it's for...
1: <laughs> but that is I have to say as I say that is my only ever diary management tip
0: because <laughs> But I'm... that's the, that's I think the beauty I mean the more involved I get with VAs because obviously I'm not a VA, um, there's there's a few things that I that I really admire. One is the community spirit, the collaboration, not competition. I think it's phenomenal. And the other is is that you just pick the things that make your heart sing. You don't do the rubbish. You outsource the rubbish because that's what you're about, and and you yeah. get that. Um, I outsource some things, you know, I always have done, but because uh, otherwise you just can't do everything. You can't wear six different hats at the same time. It's just not possible.
2: Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's where the team comes in. So I had a situation um, on Friday where a client, you know, sent through a message urgent, need this doing by three o'clock. And I wasn't, I'd worked Friday morning, I wasn't working Friday afternoon, because I've got my little one with, you know, and um, so it was very easy then to say, right, which of the team has the skills to do this? Um, give them a call. Do you mind picking this up? Yep, yeah, fine. Ring the client. Are you okay dealing with them instead of me? Yep, yeah, no problem. Sorted. You know, and I could re- relax again. <laughs> um, but they, you know, that's where having an associate team really comes into its
0: own. Yeah. And do your clients know that they're your associates? Do they, or do they think they're all kind of versions of you?
2: Um, they, they know they're associates. They know that they have their own businesses. Um, I always let them know when something is being done by somebody else. Um, very little of the work is is piecemeal stuff that gets done. It's usually, uh, for example, um, if somebody wants a blog written, um, I've got a member of the team who's amazing, absolutely amazing at blog writing. So I will always introduce the client to them and say they'll be doing the blogs um, if I'm the lead VA. Um, but with some of my team, they are the lead VA. Um, I'm always here to help. And uh, if the client's got to worry about something or not sure about something, um but i think as my experience has gone on i'm quite happy now to that i know the team so well and what people's strengths and personalities are that i can match clients really well uh, straight mm. with a an associate va as their lead uh, yeah. whereas in the early days it really was uh, you know outsourcing a bit of this and a bit of the other and then having to check it before it was sent to the client um but it, i've always been transparent with clients they've always known that mm. it whether it's me or not actually doing the work.
0: Yeah, no, um, I, I think that's I think that's really important. I used to have a team of trainers, associate trainers, um, and my dream was to be able to place a trainer with a client. Mm. Uh, so the trainer has the relationship on man The trainer manages what they're delivering. Otherwise, it gets lost in translation as well. So, yeah. but I manage the relationship and yeah. the bidding and everything else goes through me. So. I think, I think that's really important and it helps with communication, which, is, which yeah. is a really important thing. And I
2: think VAs that are thinking about having associates, um, I remember in the early days, we've all got an ego. We're, we've all got our own business. We might deny it, but we've got an ego in there somewhere. Yeah. And, oh, but the client's only going to want me because, you know, it's me they bought. It's me, name, my name on the tin. Um, know. And it's no <laughs> they a bad. job doing <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day the, the client you know just is happy say to me you know I trust you I've done my research on you and if you trust them that's good enough for me um you know I wouldn't work with associates that didn't represent my brand well that weren't great at what they did um you know, I just wouldn't have them on the team otherwise and I've got an incredible team that, that works absolutely amazingly together.
0: That's fantastic. Um, so yeah. have you got any top tips for new VAs that might be listening to us? Um, things that maybe, maybe two or three things that they should avoid um, or, or maybe one thing that they really should be careful of when they set, start out and, and what should they do? Maybe one or two things.
2: Well, the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I had in the early days, I think I've already mentioned was about outsourcing. And if you can, uh, you know, find the money to outsource things like building your website or maybe setting you up with your brand and things like that, then I think it's a really worthwhile thing to do early on. As long as you're clear about what that is, and that person can help you be clear. Um, Things like, you know, outsourcing your website, I I eventually outsourced it, um, probably only about Two or three years ago, when I felt like throwing the whole thing out the window, um, and I was like, "Do you know what? I've just spent five hours trying to sort this problem out. I can't be doing with this anymore." So, you know, to be able to do that early on and identify where your strengths are and where your time is better spent, and that's what we preach to our clients. So it's good yeah. practice to do it yourself. Um, getting a business coach. I wish I'd got a business coach sooner. Again, I know that's chicken and egg. Um, but I think if you do get a business coach or accountability buddy or somebody that can sort of support you through the early days, um, and later on it, you can sort of escalate that early process and you'll be on a steeper, you know, you'll be on your journey a lot quicker than, Mm. than I would have done it, you know, at the start, um, probably took me longer to get where I wanted to be because I didn't invest in that early on
0: yeah i think Um, it's difficult though isn't it i mean it's it's, as you say it is chicken and egg and it's hard to at the time when you're bootstrapping like joe you're kind of can i justify that expense Mm -hmm. but it's almost a can you not isn't it exactly
2: exactly And and it doesn't have to be belt and braces you know you don't have to throw yourself into a 12 months coaching with somebody um there are coaches that have got supportive facebook groups um that you know you can dip in and out of so you know there are you know, different levels depending on what you can afford. You know, if someone's been made redundant, they might have a redundancy package and can go straight into the coaching and and off on their journey. Uh, But as you say, others might have just come for another job and are doing this at a a, a completely different stage in their life and that might not be an option. Yeah. Um, The other area for me would be about knowing your numbers. Um, I've always been one for recording everything, um, especially where it comes to like leads Um, So I've got a very simple Excel spreadsheet where I record everybody that contacts me about working with me, um, what stage they're at in the process, where the lead came from, what type of support they're looking for, um, when they contacted me, whether they were ideal client or not, um, and what the outcome was. So I can easily say, you know, X percentage of my leads come from LinkedIn. So I need to spend more time on LinkedIn or Facebook clearly isn't working. That's why I shut down Facebook because I just wasn't getting anything from it um and it helps you inform your marketing um it helps you like inform so many things just knowing those those basics
0: um i think that's that's a, that's a top tip i think that is definitely a top tip
2: and it's it's so easy to do Shelley. um mm-hmm. you know it's so easy to do and it's so important
0: um, um
1: could we could, you, could we have a copy of that? Of course, you because can. Because I'm sure that we could put that a, as a link for the a, a side of the podcast for people to see. Because that's a, I think that's a hugely valuable tip for us to to share with um you know people listening in. Yeah. yeah obviously a blank one. Like, <laughs> no
0: <in. laughs> data in it.
2: So. You can see all those leads of people I decided weren't ideal <laughs>
0: clients.
2: Not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah and, and and you win some you lose some you know don't get sort of hung up on on business that you yes. don't win um you're not going to be the right person for everybody and they're not going to be the right person for for you every single time so yeah. you know just keep what you're doing keep keep authentic to yourself keep doing what you're doing um and you you, you know you do a, you will attract the, the right people
0: have you ever fired a client
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> not easy not easy actually. not at all. easy um mm. but but usually the right thing for you and for them um mm. i think you you just you know when it's not working mm. um and and you can usually refer them on to somebody else that you you know it probably will work better with um but some people i think mine was somebody that um it just wasn't going to work they needed an employee mm. um it it just wasn't going to work having a va yeah. um and you know, we did sort of say that in the end that actually I, I don't think we can actually deliver what you what you're actually looking for because it was quite demanding, yeah, um, too instantly demanding to yeah. actually fit with being a VA. So yeah. yeah, we did part company, but fortunately not too many in my
1: time
0: shall I? <laughs> That's good. That's good to but know. the,
1: the I, idea, the idea when you you do part company, because I have with with a couple of clients, is that you, if you do it with grace. And for the best reasons, as opposed to I've fallen out with the client, that's a whole lot better, oh,
2: yeah. you know,
1: Absolutely. And, 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 sort of saying to the client, look, we, we can't deliver what you need, but here are a couple of people who yeah. may be able to, or, you know, I think you need an employee rather than a, a VA. Yeah. Um, it, it shows that you know and understand their business and yeah. you can take something positive from it i mean i fired a client and then had a very good testimonial from them mm.
2: that's right and they may refer other people on to you that they know will work so as you say there's you know no reason for any relationship to become a bad relationship really yeah. um getting feedback from clients throughout is something really important as well um i had an instance once where we'd done a project for a client um and she would said she was happy and then i sent a feedback form and she wasn't happy at all but she just hadn't told me she wasn't happy but she was yeah. You know, she put on the she did put on the form that she wasn't, and that actually gave me an opportunity to. Although the project was finished and we weren't going to work with her again anyway, it gave me an opportunity to actually, you know, improve that relationship and and let her go with a more positive feeling of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was sort of back in the early days. Um, and yeah. I couldn't have taken her on in the first place because um, the expectations just were never going to be met. But at least have, asking for the feedback does give you an opportunity to, yeah. to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's hugely amazing. I think we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up. It's been a real fun interview. I have really enjoyed this. I'm enjoying all of them, to be honest. So uh, I think I should have done this forever. Never mind training. I'm <laughs> having too much fun. So uh,
2: it's great fun. Well, thank you both for inviting me to join you. It's been a really great experience. No, it's
0: it's great, and we're getting some lovely feedback from our listeners. So um we, we've both Joe and I have had LinkedIn messages uh, saying, "Can I connect with you?" Because I've been listening to the podcast, which is really really nice.
1: Brilliant.
2: So
0: uh, and people are learning from it. So mm, you've
2: got That's the good work. <laughs>
0: That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so thank you ever so much.
2: You're very welcome. <laughs>
0: Fascinating chat there with Joanne Manville and I thoroughly enjoyed that. What did you make of it Jo? Yeah,
1: really, really wonderful. Another amazingly talented VA. Um, Lots and lots of tips to share with all of us. Um, You know, I've been in business just as long as Joanne and I've learned a huge
0: amount again today from just somebody else's perspective about how to run their business. Yeah. That's what's fascinating. That's what I love in all these interviews is, is, is hearing the stories about the people behind the business and how they run their businesses. Now, Joanne was talking about tracking her leads, uh, her, her lead generation and her tracking her leads. And she has a spreadsheet which she uses. And um, listeners, she's written a blog post about the experience of being interviewed on the, on the podcast. And uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to that blog post and when you go to read that blog post, there is a link to download a complimentary version of the spreadsheet as well. So you'll be able to track your leads and and figure out what's going on. So um, Joe, how do you keep track of those leads when they come in whether they're referrals or or whatever and then once you've got a lead and you, you need to contact them again and you need to make a note to yourself to remind yourself to do that is there anything that you use to do that with I use a a mixture of of techniques. Um, I use
1: OneNote for notes about meetings and that sort of thing. And if I use paper, I scan them in and I have them in notebook. Um, I have an Insightly account, um, but I don't use it as effectively as I should. And the reason being is because it's a great idea having a full-blown CRM But if you're not careful, it can become another administrative overhead. So I use that for certain elements of of managing my contacts and that sort of thing. And it stops me having lots of business cards all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some of the lead scoring techniques that they have in there are more than I need and and ever want to use. So I I use a hybrid of, of methods.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think we have to be careful about becoming a slave to technology. Um, And, you know, uh, when I started networking, talking there about business cards, it just made me remember uh, going to BNI every week. I would be collecting all the business cards every week. I mean, obviously, wouldn't take the ones I already had, the people that go every week, but the visitors. Uh, And you end up with this book, business card book, uh, yeah. with pockets in it a bit like a photo album but for business cards and I must have had three or four of them plus the uh, the bag of business cards or the drawer full of yeah. business cards yeah. uh, and I went through various things to try and streamline it because you can't with the best one in the world you can't remember them all and no. um, so I bought a business card scanner yeah, which would scan them into an a special app because we didn't have Office Lens then or yeah. any of the technology that we now have in our smartphone, um, which is quite quite astonishing. And now it actually made me think back about it and and how clunky it was. Yeah, um, and I went through stages of using different CRMs because I had to use one uh, because that was received wisdom. But you're right; it does become another chore. Um, yep. keeping your crm up to date becomes yep. another job to do um years ago do you
1: remember Shelley? and, and you know uh, there was the, the the rolodex where you got the business card and you either attached it to a little sheet or it clipped in and you could just flick round yes. um and and That's that, you know, that was your CRM. I mean, it it didn't manage any of the, the leads. That's quite a new term. Years ago, you just had a contact and you had a notebook per contact.
0: Yeah. Or you, yeah, you just made a note. To contact yep. them or diary note ring Bill on okay. Thursday or on Thursday yep. it said ring Bill today, so yep. uh, yes, they're all different ways. But I think uh, Joanne Manville's spreadsheet is is to help you track back where those leads came from yep. and to see their value over time. And I think yep. that's also an important thing to think about. It's it's you know it's great getting leads, but which leads are successful and some will lead somewhere and some won't. Okay. So it's also quite a good good idea to kind of have have a think about that from a business point of view. So all of those things are really important. But technology has moved on so much. I mean, just in your mobile phone now, you've got a scanner. You know, whether yeah. you use Office Lens, which is the Microsoft version, there's a scanner in your OneNote app on your uh, not OneNote, um, your OneDrive app. I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you have OneDrive on your mobile, there is a scanner inside OneDrive. So you can scan something and it's in your OneDrive straight away. You don't have to do anything. It's there. Um, and all of those things can take the, the hassle out of keeping track of stuff. Um, but you have to look at it and you have to make the time to analyze it as well. And yeah, um, yeah that's, that's all something that, that needs to be done. Well, I think that's great enough for this week. Um, Next week, we have another wonderful VA to talk to. And um, I'm looking forward to that. So listeners, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, We really value your attention. And if you want to be in touch with us, it's shelley at tomorrowsva.com. It's joe at jlbsolutions.co.uk. At Virtually Amazing is the Facebook page podcast episodes on tomorrow's VA's website and everything's on the show notes that you need all the links for all the episodes are there and if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast we would love to talk to you so whether you are a VA and you just would like to tell your story we'd love to know why you became a VA and why you chose the services to offer that you've chosen. So we'd love to hear from you. Or perhaps you're a guest expert that, can, that has something to offer VAs, some tips, some tricks, uh, some insight, or maybe a product that will make their life easier. We'd love to hear from you. So do get in touch. And that's it for this week. See you next week. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelly Fishel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.